For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Summer's afternoon, I took the bus from Loris, and she was heavy laden. Away we went, and I got it straight to say the race had played. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us getting passing the folks along the road. All of them were staring. All the lads and lasses there, they had smiling faces, getting along the scuffs with Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 162. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. Uh, we have another week of losing uh, for this podcast. I wonder what our podcast record is. That be. Uh, but we are, for this show, we're going to talk about Arsenal and Bruce's fight back from the mid-pole performance. Sheffield, I think, the gloves were off. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll transition to some BS meter, uh, some updates on that end, and then we will talk a preview upcoming match against Aston Villa, and some new players will be back in the mix, which would be nice. Uh, but first, we need to get the most exciting part of the show rolling, and that is introducing the best damn co-host in the land, my boy, Elijah Newsom. How are you? You know, we're we're there. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough not to have to watch the uh, the Arsenal match live, so I guess I'm doing okay if, if that's the standard we're going by. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we're bulling. Um, I don't know. I've got a 2020 Masters hat, so that's cool. It's a little bit of sports history. So shout out to, uh, shout out to me and the girlfriend and her family for getting me that you can follow me on twitter at elijah underscore newsome um follow the podcast account at ch and underscore podcast follow the main account at coming up in ufc uh, and if you want to write or podcast for us just shoot me a dm i'm open to literally anyone joining the squad because i think that everyone who listens to chn radio is probably like a good person so i don't know that's uh, be really awkward if, if putin was listening to this <laughs> when when he listens to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When he lis- he obviously is a listener. So, But I take my – retract my statement about everyone listening to this being a good person. Most yeah. that are, are good. They're good people. <laughs> um, let's, let's do this. Let's get this over with. Um, Newcastle United lose to Arsenal 3-0. Uh, the infamous .17 – expected goals for Newcastle United in this one. Um, but before we dive into it, we'll start with some three words, and that is uh, after every match, we post three words and ask you to describe the match in three words, and you always deliver. Um, so we'll start with James Whitmore at J-Law underscore Broski says, gloves off worked. Um, North Shields Mags says, Bruce Ashley out. Mr. Steelier Worldwide, downhill from here. Trevor Mooney, Brucey in Skitter. 
It's Icelandic. Remember, he's moving to Iceland. That's, I guess, I guess that means Brucey is shite in yeah. Icelandic. Um, Eric Schmidt at NFC Indiana says championship bound again. Adam Brackley says utter dog shite. Uh, Big Rob NUFC, absolutely fucking shite. <laughs> Fruit bag gaming, Fruit Bat gaming uh, at Oh, no, I'm not reading that because that's like 15 words. Um, oh, Elijah says, I hate you, but it's sort of well, okay. that, that I can't see. Well, okay, because Nick, who's, who listens to this podcast, you have to let us follow you if you're going to tweet your three words. Like that. Like if you're a private account. Oh, that, you said I hate you because no one can see. Yeah, well, no, I can see it because I follow him and it just showed up uh, in my pot. You know what he said? Extend Steve Bruce. <laughs> and and two of my friends like that, so uh canceled all of you. Yeah. Yeah, no one wants to uh follow him anyway now. So uh Peter uh he gave uh yeah, he Peter at Peter four six eight one two nine one oh says shambolic disgraceful performance or and he said or sdp i don't but i don't feel like you didn't have to say sdp <laughs> like just say shambolic like there's it's not an acronym it's just, it's three words like you just, just give the three words <laughs> uh colby wilson says took a nap alex passine takeover limbo sucks um connell holy says not surprising anymore uh liam forget about tactics uh Diamo, Diamo Amigo says gloves still on. Joe Terry says same endless loop. And Toon Teddy Bear says woeful and inept. That is your three words. Uh, let's dive into this. The first thing I want to talk about is these lineups. So this was a very anticipated lineup. Um, not a joke there because Steve Bruce all week was talking about how like things are changing now. We're going to go for it. And the, this is what he came up with. Uh, he has Darlow. Interesting. Dubravka's still not starting. Uh, then we have Kraft, Lascelles, the captain. Clark, Lewis, Shelby, Maddie Longstaff, Almiron, Jolinton, Carroll, and Wilson. The subs were Dubravka, Mankio, Yedlin, Richie, Hayden, Hendrick, Sean Longstaff, Murphy, Emma Boy, Elliot Anderson. What's your thoughts, Elijah, on this lineup? <laughs> um i'm I, okay i i don't hate darlow being in goal uh probably because i mean it's 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 hard to fault him directly for any goals like i mean yeah he's made a ton of saves still despite like the losing streak he's made like a lot of those matches could have been much worse than they were mm-hmm. um so I, i'm not that's that's not a big deal to me um I, I mean, four four two. When you say when a manager like Steve Bruce or uh, Sam Allardyce or I don't know, give me another old white guy uh, that's a manager, like one of those classic names that we we always hear, like who who's a caretaker manager, like any, yeah, like anytime they say the gloves off, we're doing it my way. It's four four two. Hoof it up to your big man, and so like like yeah. when he said that, we were like. Like Chris Waft made his whole article about like, well, what does this mean? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, because Steve Bruce has been so inconsistent. And like, yes, we all knew what it meant. We meant that he was going to play, run out with the 4 4 2. Um, and he did. 
I just I... why Andy Carroll? Mark Hughes, that's the other one. Oh yeah, Mark Hughes, four to one favorites to be the uh, yeah Newcastle's next manager. Um, but yeah, Andy Carroll, I just I why? That's that's my comment on that. Um, he had a good. He did play well against Arsenal not too long ago, so that could be. Yeah, he why. played. He played well and well. Missed. Well for Newcastle means has chances but didn't score. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say like yeah, he played well enough to secure himself two clear cut chances and not score them. I thought the 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 midfield of Shelby and Longstaff, and I was right about this against the midfield of especially with Thomas Partey back in there and. Granite Shaka, who's like a much more – he's not an athletic midfielder, but he's much more athletic than John Joe Shelby and Matty Longstaff would cause Newcastle some issues. And start and like I, I, I applaud the effort of wanting to be more expansive in the midfield, but like you, you have to know your personnel. And it's just – I don't know if playing Matty Longstaff and John Joe Shelby together is something that – you should ever do honestly yeah. um i mean it's just it's it's like two completely opposite of the spectrum you have maddie longstaff who works really hard not a lot of end product a lot of the times and then john joe shelby who well actually there's not a lot of end product there either but he also just doesn't work really hard so if you're going to go a two-man midfield and you have those two it, it's just you're asking for an issue emil craft starting was a, a bit odd for me he didn't really play well uh, Jamal Lewis, I mean, we have to start him because he's a left back and he's healthy again. Um, so, sure. Joel Linton out wide. I mean, sure. I, yeah. I, sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It was also, I think the weird thing is, if you want to swing in balls, like, I don't know why you're playing Miguel Amron, who just does not have a right foot on the right side. Like, there's a level of, like, what is the plan here? Because, honestly, if you wanted to swing in balls to Andy Carroll and Callum Wilson, like kind of Steve Bruce has kind of alluded to, it would make sense to probably start Jacob Murphy as a right midfielder and Miguel Amaran as a left midfielder for the sake of – just for the simple sake, like, they are going to be able to cross with their dominant foot, which does not mean it's going to be good crosses, but it's going to be better than, like – McGowan like trying to cut inside it and across, or I don't know. It's just there's there's a lot of questions, but it was an odd lineup. I mean, I don't know. It, on paper, it was like a lineup that we should have played against Sheffield, but we didn't. And yeah. to play against Arsenal that, feels weird. That that's what I mean. It, it, like my first reaction was, why wasn't this the lineup against Sheffield? Uh, it, it was eight changes to the team against Sheffield. Like what what were we doing against Sheffield? Uh, so. Yeah, and, well, and spoiler alert, it didn't work. So the we we started the match, and, and just to tell you what the formation was, it was it was four four two, just like Elijah alluded to. Um, and the the weird part about it, and and Chris Woff was right on this as he usually is, but it's it it like it it didn't seem like a four four two at all because. There was literally no width to the formation at all. Anytime Dolenton or Almiron like got the ball, they were in in they weren't on the wings. So like it wasn't like it was not a good 4-4-2 at all. So 
uh, I saw this this tweet by Chris Woff that I wanted to start off. Uh, he start off the match. He said, "I'm still interested to oh uh, where is it where is it where is it where is it? It's like there's no natural width here. Is it a four 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 three three a four two four a four two 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 a four four two? I'm genuinely fascinated. And then uh, as the game got into it more underway, he said, "Out of possession, it does look like a four four two." With the ball, it looks like to be as well, although both wingers seem to have license to get forward. So it's like, like he can't even run a 4-4-2 at this point. Like, um, I saw some other good tweets, like how many false 10s do we have in the lineup today, which that's going to be a winning tweet from this point on. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's, let's talk. We're just going to talk about the big moments here. And uh, the first half, I it's not even worth talking about. The second half uh, will start in 50 minutes, and it was Thomas Party. Uh, so Thomas initially got a pass from uh, Lacazette, and he swept his pa- the ball out to Aubameyang in space on the left. Emil Kraft was uh, hanging out with him but not doing anything, and uh, he just made his way easily into the box, unchallenged, beat Carl Darlow with a, a pretty nice like rising shot. Um, and five minutes into the second half, Arsenal take the lead one to nothing. Elijah, what are your thoughts on this play? It was, it was, the goal was coming, felt like it was coming. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. We can talk about the next one then. Um, it like 10 minutes later and it was all Arsenal this entire second half. Um, and it was Emil Kraft again, who what, he tried to push an, push up to get towards the attack and got caught here, but it was Emil Smith Rowe that collected the ball uh, right around the touchline and went one way and then the other around Jamal Lascelles, faked him out, and then he pulled the ball back to a completely unmarked Saka, who he side-footed at home like very easily, uh, right around the penalty spot. And Kieran Clark tried to get to block it, but didn't get to it and. It's do nothing. Thoughts on that? Any comments? Yeah, I mean, Emil Kraft gets a lot of slack here for being kind of the reason for this goal. And I think that's one thing I, I've noticed about Newcastle goals in general. Like, there's been a lot of individual errors that lead to goals. But part of that comes from the fact that the players are trying to make something out of nothing. Like, you look at even some of the failed, like, going back a couple matches ago where we had – I don't remember who we were playing, but we lost like two nothing. And essentially both goals was like Miggy couldn't clear. And I think it was either Fabian Cher or Sean Longstaff couldn't clear, but it was because they were both trying to like generate offense on their own because we have no offensive system for them to rely on. There's no clear identity or plan in attack for what we should be doing. So everyone is trying to do like, just do the best they can to create something. And so this is another situation where Millcraft is way too far up the pitch, but like, what the hell is he supposed to do? Like we're down a goal and like, there's no clear plan on like how we're going to attack to get a goal back. Like, are we overlapping fullbacks? Are like, if there's no, there's never a plan in attack. Like, and I used to say there was never a plan, but at least sometimes now there's some sort of a plan in defense. It's a uh, sit behind the ball or like press a little bit. Um, but now, like, like I don't know. I don't know what people are expecting. Like, the individual errors are going to come when they don't. Like, players don't know what to do. And this is the, like, I don't know. It, it's happened so often. I don't even know. 
the athletic even they put out a piece on Steve Bruce ahead of this, and it's like sources inside the club even said the players do not know at times the players do not know what the plan is. And this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the last one, uh, it was, uh, it was Clark actually who, who intercepted a pass that was meant for Saka towards the corner flag. Uh, but he, he tried to clear the ball and it went to source um, Cedric. And he was, they like did a little exchange him and Saka and then uh, Cedric made it to the byline and he took the ball towards goal and then pulled it back from the six yards box for Obama Yang, who's, who was able to score uh, and this, this goal and that, that made it three to nothing. And it went to VAR uh, and this goal, if you haven't seen it, this goal was controversial because there's a, a pretty good still shot of the ball. And it, in my opinion, if you're the still shot, you see the ball. I don't see any green in between the ball and uh, the white line and grass. So I say that it, this goal should have counted. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we were down to nothing in with less than 15 minutes ago. But there is no in my in the view that I have. There's no green in between the ball and the line. So I, I think just because of that, uh, it, the goal should have counted. But it did cause some controversy. But uh, just a quick, easy three goals in 27 minutes for Arsenal to go up 3 nothing. Elijah, thoughts on this play? It's a controversial goal, but like many of the controversial moments this season, it doesn't make a difference. Like, you can go on and on about whether or not this should have been a penalty, whether or not this should have been a, uh, a card. I think that's honestly been the tone – this season where there's been controversial moments. There's every so often there's a couple of fans that are like, well, if they didn't score, maybe this would have been a draw. And it's like, you're relying at that point on luck. And this one's not even that situation. Cause this one, like the game's already over. It's two, nothing like Newcastle are not coming back, but it's just kind of funny how like we look at this and Newcastle fans freak out at these controversial moments. And it's like in the grand scheme of things, none of the grand scheme of things, none of this matters because Newcastle never looked as if they were going to win or, or draw or anything like this. Like when you have a controversial moment, like, what makes it controversial is that it has the the ability to impact the match in some sort of way. And when we're talking about these goals, whether it's the Sheffield penalty or like, like, I don't know, insert red card here. It does not matter at that point. It would be a damn miracle if Newcastle had, had pulled a result. So like uh, for fans to be getting their, their panties in a bunch about this, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit much. And I didn't see it as much as, you know, it's been in the past because there's – especially because we were already losing. But, I mean, sure, controversy or not controversy, I don't really care. I mean, three three nothing, two nothing, it still results in zero points for Newcastle at the end of the day. Yep. Going to uh, some quotes Steve Bruce said in the first half, we got ourselves in decent positions and didn't take advantage of it. That's odd. I didn't see any of those. Uh, he said, I didn't see us being down two nothing within the hour. Uh, we'd been caught up high on the pitch just after halftime and punished. We repeated it five minutes later, and that's the situation we found ourselves in. When you're on a run like what we're on at the moment, you just have to dust yourself off and get down and ready for the challenge of what's ahead and try to get that confidence back. And winning a couple of games is really the only way you're going to get it. We always knew entering a really difficult run of games 
to play Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool, and Manchester City. Didn't mention a few teams there. Uh, we always knew it was going to be difficult against those top teams. You have seen their approach. We are disappointed because we have been caught trying to get forward. Two passes and they are in on our goal. That is something we have to learn from and understand. The reason we have been defending deep was to avoid situations like that. We have to get the balance right and we will keep working on it. You know what the biggest load of BS about that is, is the fact that like when we played all of those teams, all of them were struggling. Like Arsenal, I think people were like definitely Newcastle fans maybe oversold the fact that Arsenal are in 10th because like they did have their draw. But before that, it was been just a lot of wins, honestly, for them. But like this is not the dominant versions of these teams we've seen in the past. Like Liverpool is good but they are not the Liverpool of last season. Manchester City is not the Manchester City when we upset them when we signed Miggy. Like, it's not that level. Like, all these teams have clear flaws in teams of all status. Like, top six, mid-table, even lower table have upset these teams or taken away points in some capacity. So I just think that's just an annoying crutch that Steve Bruce keeps relying on because at the end of the day, a lot of these teams, like this is the most flawed version of the big six that we've seen in quite some time. We're at, we're looking at another potential Leicester winning the league situation here. Like legitimately Leicester could win the league again this year. And we know how the premier league was that season. So it, it's, it's a load of bullocks. Like I, I'm tired of this. And of course, like you said, he conveniently left out the matches that, in his eyes should be winnable matches, especially if it is true that he looks at like the, like approaching these matches as if, if we play the better lineup, we should win. Well, we could have played the better lineup against Sheffield. We could have played the better lineup against Fulham. And like, it doesn't matter. Like if, if see Bruce believed he played the better lineup and whatever, et cetera, et cetera, it didn't, it didn't result in us picking up a result. Like it, we drew against Fulham being up a man and we got lucky there. And we lost to Sheffield like that. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. You barely beat West Brom. I mean, you needed a winner to beat best West Brom. So yeah. on the absence of Dwight Gale, Steve Bruce said that he's been struggling with illness and that thankfully we don't think it's COVID related. Um, on the return of Alan St. Maximin, he said, we're in this run. And the one person who gave us a little creativity that that spark in your team is Alan. Of course, and how crucial has he been to us? Then again, if if you take out the best players from, if you take out a Zaha out of Crystal Palace, he is huge from us. He's back in light training. We hope he can get himself fit, but it's been two months now. We still have to, we, we've still got to box a bit careful. Oh, that's, that's sorry. That's a bad typo. Uh, be a bit careful with him. Um, on his future, he said, I'm trying to do the best on Steve Bruce's future. I'm trying to do the best I can possibly can and always will, but you have to ask others about that. I've been in it a long, long time. I've done it before. It's a difficult spell, but I'm never going to shy away from it. So yes, hundred percent. I'm the man to avoid relegation. Uh, some stats. Oh, wait, real quick. I did have something on those quotes. It's dangerous to, to treat Alan St. Maxman as if he's the only creative player on the team. Yeah. That that's a big red flag. And that's something that we pointed out earlier is like, it seems like the plan, especially since the restart was just get it to Alan St. Maxman and see what happens. That that's dangerous thinking. That is just like, that's not how you build like an offensive strategy to win a match. It's not like let's get to the best player because there's, there's an Alan St. Maxman on every team. 
but you hear managers praise them, but you never say like, this is the only source of our offense. Like, you don't like Pep Guardiola will never say that about Kevin De Bruyne. He will never say like, Kevin's important for us because without Kevin, the system doesn't work. Like he's not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's bad. Yeah. Oh man. Get in the stats. Um, we've lost four straight in all comps, three in the premier league. Uh, we're winless in seven premier league outings, nine, including t- cup ties. Um, it's the longest winless run for Newcastle since, uh, since this podcast since the first few episodes of the podcast, we went 11 unbeaten, uh, 10 were in the Premier League. Um, so since the foundation, the very start of this podcast was the last time um, in 2018. Um, it's now been 308 minutes since Newcastle scored their last goal in League or Cup games. And it's been 686 minutes, which is almost 12 hours. Uh, since Newcastle has scored a goal uh, from open play. And then to add to it, um, the last time we scored at Arsenal was when? (laughs) Do you have any idea? At Arsenal. I think it's before we were relegated. If If I'm being honest, I think it is. I think it's like 2015, probably 2016, maybe 2015. Earlier. You're very close. So it was 2014. It was Iose Perez was yeah. the last player to score in Arsenal. It's been almost 10 hours since we scored at Emirates. Um, Elliot Anderson, though, did make his debut in the Premier League. He became the 245th Newcastle player to play in the Premier League. Um, and it was the 16th uh, Monday. It was the 16th straight Monday night match for Newcastle. That's away. I have not had a home match on a Monday night in 16 straight. Um, another interesting stat from NUFC.com. The Premier League had a report that this is the first time ever in 976 total Premier League fixtures for Newcastle United. This has never happened that Newcastle has, has made eight changes to their starting nine from the previous match. It's never happened before. That's kind of crazy. You also said starting nine, which Uh, 11. (laughs) I was like, that's a, that's a weird one. Um, Uh, Wait, can I say one thing just regarding this run? Um, Like this is, this is close to Steve Bruce's worst run ever. Surprisingly, people forget how we ended our run like in project restart was pretty bad. Uh, we went draw, loss, 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 draw, loss. So that's, that's probably the worst it's been under Bruce, which is probably why he's never really faced much criticism because that's, I guess that's six straight without a result. And it was also after we'd already guaranteed safety. So it's interesting because he has not really dealt with controversy on this level and it's showing. Yeah. Like the way he responds to reporters, the way he's handling things. Like, I think he's completely out of ideas. Honestly, I would put it at this point that he's more likely to resign than uh, for him to be fired. <laughs> Probably. Um, Newcastle had 0.17 expected goals. Any idea who had the most of them? Oh, God. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't tell Doesn't you. It doesn't matter, really. It's Callum Wilson at 0.09. 
terrible, like terrible. Uh, some stats. Uh, Arsenal had 90% of the chances in the match. Yep. Uh, they had three goals. We had zero. They had 2.31 expected goals. They had 20 shots to R4, six on target to R1. Um, they, uh, like, passes completed within an estimated 20 yards of goal. Uh, they had 13. We had two. Um, PPTA. Remember I said that anything over like 20 is pretty bad. And yeah. you asked me if 23.7 was the highest Newcastle have ever had. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been beaten. Oh, new uh, record. We gave up. Uh, Arsenal had a nine PPDA. Newcastle's PPDA, which for newcomers passes allowed per defensive action in the opposition half. 27.86. That's that's uh, that's pretty much saying Arsenal had 28 passes in our half before we acted upon that. <laughs> uh, so expected points, no surprise here, 2.79 Arsenal to 0.12 <laughs> for Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, going to 538, we uh, have dropped closer to the expected relegation zone. 26% chance of getting relegated. Uh, less than 1% chance to win the Premier League or qualify for Champions League. And we have a uh, 1% chance of a top 10 finish. They have us finishing with 38 points, or sorry, 37 points and three points clear of relegated Fulham. Um, and then they have uh, West Brom and Sheffield falling behind them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you have a worse player? Or no, I think in lieu of that, I'm going to read what John Froke, John Franco Shola, which I don't know, is a very popular NUFC yep. Twitter account. His tweet, I thought it was really good. Um, just talking about uh, Steve Bruce. Uh, you can follow him at Shola John Franco. Really funny account, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It says irony is Bruce blaming inability to shift Rafa's way is his biggest obstacle. The reality is Steve Bruce has spent 18 months slowly unraveling the foundations put in place. Half-day training sessions, three times a week, no tactics and light touch. This NUFC side is getting relegated. And, like, that's – I saw that and I was like, that sums it up perfectly where it's, like, it's almost a joke of a club at this point. Like, I, I was one to defend, like – the injuries and say it's not mismanagement and things like that, especially last season when just players were just picking up injuries left and right during training. But then when you, you get more and more information about like how Newcastle's being run right now, it's really hard to find like any sort of positive, like regarding how the club is being run. Like it just seems like the sole focus. And again, I don't blame like Mike Ashley for doing this, but the sole focus of Mike Ashley right now is to sell the team. And again, like well within his right to do so um, there are things that make people excited, like regarding the takeover sale. And that's like the one glimmer of hope. And it doesn't even feel like a glimmer of hope, but there's things being done that look positive for that takeover. But on that point, there's like nothing being done at a footballing level and it's like you gotta walk, you gotta like do something because the issue is like if you get relegated, there is no sale. So like the number one priority 
should be to remain in the prem. And the number one priority should be like, I don't know, keeping tabs on your manager. And it's like, you've had enough managers to recognize what's right and what's wrong. And like, clearly what's going on right now is just wrong. Like just clearly. And, and like, that's Ashley, but people are starting to ask like, where the hell is Lee Charlie? Like, this is his job. Like he is supposed to manage the football team. Like that is like Steve Bruce is not even a manager. Like, remember, Steve Bruce was appointed as a coach. Like, Lee Charnley should be all up in Steve Bruce's business being like, hey, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, why? What What are you doing? Like, what do we need to change? And, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like any any sort of accountability is being held. Yeah. Again, it, yeah. I don't know. I just hope he resigns. That's that's our best, best chance at this point. Yeah, it, it's really bad. I, I'm trying to find this this tweet I saw, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, it's from, from a former player, and I just cannot remember who it was. Was it Mickey Quinn who said, I had time to assess everything? Yeah. The players, the managers. You just you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah. Mickey Quinn, let me just pull it up so I can get the exact words because it's, <laughs> it's so funny. I woke up and saw that. I was like, that's funny. Yeah. Um, he said, oh. It's the third tweet, Dan. I've got it up if you can. Yeah, yeah, say it, say it, say it. Oh, uh, Mike, said, we were saying Mickey, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, left, I've, but. Yeah, I've taken some time to gather my thoughts on last night's NEFC game. It would be easy to slag off the manager and the players, so I've given it some thought, and my thorough professional analysis of their current form is they are shite. <laughs> oh. I, I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, last thing on this is there was no Newcastle United players that even came close to a seven on who scored. Not even like a 6.5, not a single player. Uh, not even close to a 6.5. So just to tell you how bad it was for, for everyone involved. All right, so we're going to take a break. After this, we're going to do BS Meter, uh, talk about some potential transfer rumors, and then uh, after that, we'll preview Aston Villa. And we're going to do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. We back, we back, we back, y'all. Let's get to that BS meter on the ones and twos. What's up, Elijah Newsom? Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is Greg's attempt to to remind everyone that, like, there is still a light out there somewhere. It's not regarding Newcastle, but there's positivity out there somewhere. What? That's it. Why did you say that? I mean, you you kind of be up the mood after we oh, just talked about how depressing Newcastle is, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah. Gotta, gotta that, try. I mean, that's there, there's true. There's 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 positives out there in the world. It's just not really Newcastle. It's not really one of those. Positives. We need to start like adding some segments about like how much we suck to like just laugh more about how bad we are. I think that could lighten the mood and just like everyone, no one really minds just making fun of each other, like ourselves, really, because we're making fun of ourselves. Because Newcastle, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and we're good at making fun of ourselves, so yeah, works out totally. Um, so but, BS meter, a uh, couple, uh, couple of interesting ones. So a couple of players we've been linked to in the past, BS meter that, um, like we've 
given our opinions on, but so this is more of a BS update rather than a BS meter because this is what our boy Sky Sports Keith or maybe it was Pete Graves, one of them, someone from Sky Sports copped on the uh, hopped on the old tell it was Keith. Um, yeah. And this is what they said in terms of who Newcastle have kind of been looking at. Uh, I guess Lee Charlie, this is what he's been doing. We have we have no idea what he was doing, but this is what it is. Uh, so apparently uh, left back Brandon Williams, who mentioned on BS Meter probably two months ago, uh, young Manchester United prospect uh, who uh, has made one appearance for the senior team this year uh, and has made played a lot for the U18 and stuff like that, played in the Champions League, I believe, as well. Uh, just eight, I guess, yeah, eight appearances outside of the Prem. Uh, this year, uh, I mean, he's a left back, uh, can also play right back. Apparently, Newcastle are looking to loan him in. But as these things go, they're not the only team interested. And Manchester United aren't even sure if they want to loan him out yet. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be one that Keith is predicting goes down to the wire. So uh, I don't know if it's BS meter, because I think this is this makes sense, because the logical thing to do would be to try to loan in a left back that is available or sign a left back that is clearly available um, because what you need right there is cover and not really like someone who's going to come in and be a game changer. But of course, Newcastle are going to try to loan in a left back that is 20 years old with not a lot of premier league experience and uh, like does not actually have a legitimate shot of beating out the current left back option instead and have it go down to the wire. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to say anything on that. I don't know your general thoughts because it's not BS. It's happening. Like, this is definitely something that they're interested in doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like imagine like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like if we're in this position, like we would only bring somebody in unless we were certain that they could up level in the position that they play. And like, you're just not in this situation. <laughs> like you can hope, but there's no guarantee that this player is definitely going to make us better hands down. And like, that's what we need right now. So, you know, they can waste more time. Yeah. Uh, well, I just think Antonio Barreca again. Yeah. I think the, the rough thing here is just, this is one that is clearly going to be down to the wire. And it's like, the worst thing that can happen is Newcastle have all these loanies are trying to bring in and it's like, Oh, you know, the team's not sure if they want to loan them out or there's like the person's choosing between multiple teams. And then you get to January 29th and you're SOL. You're like, all right, well, plan a didn't happen. And so that's, that's not ideal for Newcastle. Uh, the next player up Hamza Chowdhury uh, is an interesting one because the, it was prefaced as Steve Bruce wants to bring in a midfielder, which all right, baby steps. This is, that's the right direction. We should be bringing in a midfielder that will be, you know, progressive, uh, a ball winner that brings the ball forward. Um, and Hamza Chowdhury, like, I don't know if he fits that mold completely. Like, he's solid. He's definitely a ball winner, definitely more of, like, an Isaac Hayden-type role. But I don't know if he's going to bring that creativeness that Newcastle actually need from the midfield spot um, unless you do some sort of formation change and have just two true holding midfielders and go, like, maybe 4-2-3-1 and rely on a cam to do a lot of the creation. But – Again, this is another one where there's multiple clubs interested. Leicester are actually open to loaning him out, but there are multiple clubs interested, et cetera, et cetera. Another one that could go down to the wire. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually think this one's pretty believable 
Um, and even like the clubs associated, the only club I'm worried about is Southampton. And like, I, I'm confident because like, I think they have a pretty good midfield setup right now, but like, um, like looking at Hamza, like, why would he like, why would he risk permanently going to West Brom right now? Uh, they're in way worse shape than we are on the table. Um, I, I like Southampton's the only promising club, it seems like, in the list of, of clubs interested in him. So I think I think it's actually somewhat realistic. Like if he like it's obvious, like Brendan Rogers said they are selling him. Like he he is like yeah. he is not in their plans. Um, so like I could definitely see us going after him. And you know, I can I can also see him doing well in a few games and Newcastle supporters really getting behind him. Um, uh, do I think he's going to up level like as what i've been mentioning i i don't i mean i think he's better than some of our midfielders that play in every premier league match let's just say that but yeah. is he significantly better no uh but i think he becomes a starter like him and isaac hayden as defensive midfielders would probably be a good pairing so yeah, I, I and I think it comes with the formation change. Like the what Newcastle do need is that progressive midfielder, but like the midfielders that they're looking at are just not that. Like that's just not what they are. And like finding that central midfielder, it's it's a, almost a lost. I wouldn't say it's a lost cause, but it's hard because like one the four four two what Steve Bruce is trying to run is not a particularly popular formation. And there's not a lot of true central midfielders before, like, the, sorry, true central midfielders anymore. Like, yeah. I don't know if you would agree with me, Greg, on this. I mean, you just said yes. So I'll say you're agreeing with me. Like a lot of people really do fall into that category of cam or CDM. And there's not really a lot of guys who are in between. Um, and it's just kind of the harsh reality of like, especially at the most elite levels, uh, like your premier league, because just the way the formations are working, like, you know, even if you're going four three three, you're you're you got a CDM. You got two guys sitting in front of them that are likely closer to cams than they are to true central midfielders, box to box guys, and guys who were traditionally box to box guys. You're in Golo Contes, your Jorginho's. Those guys are now CDMs. So yeah. it's like it's it's a tough ask to have. It really is a tough ask to find a ball winning central midfielder that carries the ball forward. So, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with this, um, especially because it's probably going to be a loan. It's probably going to be cheaper. And like you said, it's probably a better option than we have now. No offense to Sean Longstaff. He's just not really been up to snuff. Matty Longstaff, as I've said many times, he's still a bit raw. Uh, and Jeff Hendrick, we know what we get with Jeff Hendrick. And I'm done with John Joe Shelby. Like, just get him out of my sight. There's nothing he can really add to this team um, further than, like, anything else we have. Like, if we want a guy to play long balls that are – good sometimes and inaccurate a lot of the other times we've got Sean Longstaff who who does that already and he's younger and he might be better at doing that down the road um okay uh outside of that um okay I'm I'm literally going to butcher this but there are reports out of Turkey saying that uh Emil Kraft is linked to a move to a Turkish team uh called Besaksehir Besaka Sahir Greg, you say they're in Shaka here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're in Istanbul. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? Cool. Congrats to him if he wants to go to Turkey. I mean, better weather. So, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure – I don't – I mean, in terms of, like, whether or not 
whether or not this could happen. Honestly, I I can't tell. And we'll, this kind of leads into the next BS meter, but I can't tell like in Steve Bruce's eyes what right backs he wants and which right backs he doesn't want. Which leads us to our next point. DeAndre Yedlin uh, has this is I guess the Chronicle had this story. Uh, he said, my agent has reached out to people in Newcastle and they've responded back saying, yes, we'll call you and there are no calls back. It's been quite frustrating. Kind of going into more detail, he says, I've had six months left on my contract. It's been a bit frustrating because me and my agent have had no communication with Newcastle at all about what their plans for, are for me, if I can go and if they want me to stay. It has been kind of a tough time. And I think everyone feels the same way about DeAndre Edlin right now. Um, I think we were talking about this on the pod that uh, I had Zach and Adam with me on about just like BS meter and like DeAndre Edlin at the time was linked to uh, there was like a couple Eastern conference teams that had inquired about him. And like, I was like, Zach, how do you feel about this? And he's like, honestly, if you'd asked me two weeks before this, I'd say hundred percent, this makes sense that yeah. teams are inquiring about DeAndre Edlin. But then he went and started like three straight matches looked decent in a couple of them. I mean, it's hard to look good in a, this this run, but like DeAndre Yedlin is getting, he's playing pretty much every other match starting at that right back spot, whether you want to attribute that to Javi Mankio being injured or not. And even before then, look at Javi Mankio. He's kind of fallen out of favor with Steve Bruce. We don't know. Like Javi Mankio, when healthy, was losing starts to Emil Kraft, sometimes Jacob Murphy, so it, it's all a bit confusing. And so, I mean, I, I don't doubt that this, that, that this is the truth. Like, I'm sure the club have had no sort of contact with DeAndre Adler regarding his future. Yeah. Um, we, we think Karen Clark's going to get a contract extension, and that hasn't been confirmed yet. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a really tough spot to be in as a player, especially when we – there's 11 days left in this window. Like, the January – it's January 19th. Yeah. Like, like this is, it's, this is oh God, this, this is, a, this is like top level, just like mismanagement. It don't look like, I, I wonder, I bet Newcastle thinks, I bet, I bet like Lee Charlie thinks like the transfer window is really the only time you're even allowed to reach or research players. So, oh, it's January 1st. Like, let's just start seeing how people have been performing this year. We have, you know, 30 more days to decide who we want to get. <laughs> like, like, it's almost like they literally have no clue, like, or have any plan whatsoever until the first is when they start formulating it. And then like on, on the 15th, they're like, okay, let's try to do this. It's like, it's a joke. It's all a joke. Uh, do you have any, any more, any, anything else before we go to Villa or should we take a break? Swig some whiskey. Um, I, I think that's it. And yeah. also I'm fully on um, note. You're not allowed to go on a tangent. Cause I know you're going to want to. So hold back because we have to go on a break, Elijah. But DeAndre Yedlin to Atlanta United. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> and sure. uh, we'll see you on the other side talking about Aston Villa, Newcastle this weekend. See ya. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right. This Saturday, we get get the pleasure, the absolute pleasure, Elijah, of watching Newcastle United take on Aston Villa. The... 
11th in the table, Aston Villa, who with a win would go 10 points clear of Newcastle United in the table. I said that is correct math. Uh, Aston Villa sits in 11th with 26 points, and we sit in 15th with 19 points. They are plus 13 on goal difference. We are minus 12. Uh, I, I never thought I'd be talking about this big of a gap between like Aston Villa being ahead of us by this much. I never thought I'd see the day and it's here. Uh, they could go 10 points clear with a win. Uh, let's talk about first, first thing I want to talk about is, is lineup potential for, for Newcastle. What are, we have some players coming back from injury. Um, do you see that being a change up in our lineup at all, Elijah? What's your thoughts on, on how Newcastle will try it out? Well, Jamal Lewis was one of those players and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look good. So yeah. there's that. I no real word on how close Alan St. Maxman's back to being full fitness, but um, I could see Steve Bruce throwing him out there for the sake of like, he needs something and he's kind of already put his eggs in the, this team is only going to do well if Alan St. Maxman is playing basket when he said, like he basically alluded to the fact that the team is, is, hopeless without Alan say Maxman in attack. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, sure. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me and I'll have to double check this because Ryan Fraser picked up a second yellow. So it's not got the three match ban. I guess he's got the one match ban, but I'm going to double check right now to make sure. Um, so I guess technically, yeah, he should be back in and available for selection for this match as well. Um, yeah. I, that, <laughs> I don't know if that, I think looking at Steve Bruce, he's going like, I don't know. It's very annoying because Steve Bruce should do the five, four, one here with the press that worked. Um, And it would be decent against Aston Villa. Um, But he's going to try four, four, two again. (laughs) Uh, Just don't start Andy Carroll up top. I mean, it just probably start Joel Linton or Dwight Gale and in Callum Wilson, you probably have a better chance of getting a shot on target. So this is this is where we've come. Yeah, we're just like looking for a shot at this point, y'all. Can yeah, li- literally like like the coolest thing in the world was the fact that Newcastle had two clear-cut chances against Arsenal. Like everyone's like, oh whoa, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Newcastle could have scored in regular time. Remember that, guys? Remember that? That was cool. Um, all right, so what do we have to do to win? Newcastle, Ray, how, how I mean, do we win? get our first win in nine matches. Pray. I mean, I, I literally, it would take an Allen St. Maximin takeover game. Uh, and uh, I don't know. And we don't know if he's going to play. It, yeah. yeah. So it, it, you're, I don't know. It's this team. It, it just feels as if they've given up on Bruce already. So it's, it's going to be tough for me to even, I don't know. I, it's yeah. I pray, pray that we win. That's that's the solution. Yeah, it's it's gonna have to be like relentless pressing, like be a pain in the in the ass for Aston Villa, and like finish your chances. Which I don't really know if we have people to do that. Um, like Callum, Callum's gone cold. Everyone's gone cold. Um, the uh, according to who scored our best players we have no player that's averaging a seven or above this season and our best player is carlo darlow second best is alan Tate maxman who might not play and then it's callum so we just gotta 
Yeah, pray, like you said. Um, going to going into the prediction world, uh, five thirty eight. This is going to be really depressing. So I just I mentioned. I mean, you've heard how Elijah and I have been this entire the last I don't know month and a half, two months of podcasts have been depressing. Um, and I was just talking about how Aston Villa could go ten points clear of us with a win against us this weekend. Well, this puts it also puts this into perspective of what statistics say about Newcastle United 538 who project projects every match. And they're, they're pretty spot on by the way. Um, they have Aston Villa with a 64% chance to win a 22% chance to draw and Newcastle with a 14% chance to win. So they are like in this situation, like that is a heavy favorite in statistic modeling um, to give you a, a to give you more insight, so Aston Villa with a 64% chance to beat us. Manchester United has a 59% chance to beat Fulham. <laughs> yeah, so let, let me, that gives you an idea of like how one-sided they think this match will go. They think they think 538 statistics says that Aston Villa should destroy us, should beat us pretty easily. Um, so that's really depressing to say. Uh, when you're talking about these two clubs in comparison to each other, uh, Elijah, what, what's your score prediction? Yeah. Um, probably three, no Villa. Uh, yeah, I, there's, there's, there's nothing. And, and ironically, I think the crazy thing about this is that I fully expect one at mm, one of the bottom three to lose one of the bottom three to draw. And the other one maybe could sneak out a win. But I, I well, There's, sorry. This is this is the this is the makeup. I'm saying like next set of result matches. Okay. Like in terms of like how this will affect Newcastle. Uh, so I feel like at the end of, at the end of the day, like we'll probably be in the same situation that we were in before, maybe. And Greg shaking his head, no. But like I don't know. Maybe Fulham would be the only like uh, West Brom plays Man City, Sheffield plays Man United, Fulham plays Man United and Brighton. So maybe Fulham can get points off of Brighton. And then if they get points off of Brighton, that helps us because Brighton is right. Yeah. Behind. So it's, yeah, it really is oh, like we were making, we, I would, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation because like it will be, if Newcastle get in the relegation zone, it will literally be too little too late. Like it's one of those things where like right now, it, even though it feels weird, like, you're probably better off trying to get a new manager in and install their system and kind of like going through a trial period because like the results are going to be the same. What's really going to matter is like in four or five weeks when things are starting to get a little bit, a little, a little dicier, like is the team going to be able to perform and under Steve Bruce, it's really hard to see that. Now, on the other hand, Steve Bruce teams have a knack for getting hot randomly, not. And it's, of course, Steve Bruce, he says that it's him. He thinks he's the most important part of this picture. He even said today, He's the right, like you said, he's the right man to keep us up, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to say it's him, but it's really just luck. Um, and Newcastle could luck out and create a sizable gap, which sizable meaning like maybe 10 or 11 points between them and, and the bottom three. And that would be, that would be nice. Um, yeah. I did see today and I can't find the tweet to save my life. So I'm not going to try to find it, but um, I did see that someone like I think all of Steve Bruce's signings, I think Villa sold someone today. All of Steve Bruce's Villa signings were all sold for less than they were bought. So he mm-hmm. actually, the club oh. lost money on all 10 of his signings while he was at Villa, which yeah. is just, that is, that is impressive. 
<laughs> Pretty grand. Uh, and just another thing on, uh, I guess we there will be another match that we will have to be watching as Newcastle supporters, and that will be West Brom versus Fulham on January 30th. So uh, poor Sheffield United, though. Uh, they play their next two matches are on January 27th against Man United and then three days later against Man City. So that's that's just poor poor luck for them. But yeah, West Brom, we're going to be really watching Brighton, Fulham, and then Fulham, West Brom. Uh, that will be their next two matches after they play. Um, I think they play Man United tomorrow. Is tomorrow the 20th? Or Yeah, tomorrow the 20th. We're, okay, we're recording this on the 19th, so we're listen, you're listening to this today, the 20th. Fulham is playing Man United, and then they play Brighton and West Brom next. So, you got anything else, Elijah? Oh, I, my prediction, three. I was going to say 3-1. You said 3-0. So, I, I think the goal streak will be broken. I don't think it will matter. Do we have any other news, like uh, youth team, loans? Uh, uh, Kel Watts started and played 90 minutes in Plymouth Argyle's 2-1 to win over Sunderland. That's always good, but... Outside of that, no. Uh, I think Freddie Whitman had another clean sheet or something like that. Like Freddie I know Whitman people, and he's his, right now, and his teammate Jordan Morris. Uh, we'll we'll keep up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it. Um, oh, Freddie Whitman linked to Arsenal. Yeah, that's a new one. That. Whew, whew. That's spicy. That's a good one to end on. Just let that marinate. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like that. Um, Elijah, so I do have one bone to pick with you. Is you oh. said you were going to end every show with a with a trivia? I question. got, I got it. I haven't done it. Well, okay. Last time I was in an undisclosed location, I oh, forgot. True. The, yeah, okay. Uh, which was Tampa, which is wait, not okay. really. It's not. It's not great. So I do have two today. Um, the first one. Now it's starting to get a little. It's starting to get a little tough. Not this one. The first one but, is a level zero of toughness. Okay. Well, this one is levels. This is level zero as well. Okay. Where do Newcastle United play their home games? St. James Park, St. John's Park, or St. Mary's? Ooh, that's. I, tough. I like. I like how they just have St. Mary's. Like, they just threw Southampton in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so St. James, final answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's correct. And then, what is the stadium's capacity? 50,053, 51,530, or 52,305. That one, 52,305. That's correct. So starting to get a little – the next one is not tough. So I'll just let you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice warm-up we can get. Uh, but my goal is to keep 100% record forever. Dude. The, I know the some next of one, not, but The next level is like – I would say if you ask me this, I would get 70% of these right. But I, I would definitely miss three of them Okay, the next 10. So that's something to look forward to yeah. in about a month. That's literally the only thing to look forward to right now for Newcastle. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's all we have. And feel free to play forward. along if you're listening to this, because I know this is the only spark of joy regarding Newcastle you may have if you're listening it, to this. Yeah. If we do get relegated, the next podcast will just be us reading more questions from the trivia book. To oh, that's great. I mean, I'm all for that. I'm all about trivia. And, and getting drunk. 
Yes. Oh, well, of course. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to do when you get relegated. All right. Well, that's going to conclude episode 162 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And let's get three points this weekend, everybody. Away the lines. <laughs> okay. That's not happening. Love you guys. But I don't intend to stay long If I make a few quick bucks It's cold up there in summer It's like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land some people think we're body and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda Spawn in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tonight I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rear. I'm